This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 56. I'm Jim Garrity. I'm the host of this podcast and the author of the best-selling book on deposition strategies and tactics, 10,000 Depositions Later, the premier litigation guide for superior deposition practice. As I've said in prior episodes, I've now taken or defended more than 20,000 depositions in my career, and I continue to maintain a very heavy civil litigation practice in two states. As I've also previously said, my practice is evenly split between state and federal court. So my experience and guidance in these episodes and in the books represents a blend of the two. So today's episode is the third installment of the Core Essential series on preparing your clients for depositions. In the first installment, I advocated for a detailed, in-depth, transcribed interview of your client so that you fully understand the case and know how to prepare your client for deposition. In the second installment, I recommended interviewing your client for the purpose of understanding what they think is going to happen in their deposition. They all come into your office with preconceived notions about the process, and you need to know to what extent you need to correct those. Do they know how it will proceed? What will the other lawyer's objectives be in your client's mind? What do your clients think judges and juries do with deposition transcripts? Once you have a thorough understanding of the case and a thorough understanding of what your client currently believes the deposition process will involve, you're ready to start talking specifically about their deposition in your case. As I've said for many years, in civil cases, the bulk of your efforts will be devoted to discovery and to depositions in particular. I know some lawyers, and you surely do as well, who spend 30 minutes or less getting their clients ready for deposition. Sometimes that preparation takes place in the car on the way to the deposition, or even the parking lot of the court reporter's office. And I've mentioned that some lawyers make up for the lack of preparation by simply disrupting the deposition through obstructive objections and other tactics. But poor preparation and disruptive conduct will not save your client if an opposing lawyer has done their homework. So the way to create invincible witnesses is by making sure they thoroughly understand the role of the deposition, the role of the opposing lawyer, and the tricks and traps commonly used by trial lawyers to turn night into day, day into night, yes into no. Now I've pointed out in the past that the chief problem in preparing deponents is that many clients see depositions as neutral events, see opposing lawyers as folks who ask simple, straightforward questions, and see opposing lawyers as folks who will accept whatever answer is given and move on. Some clients think they'll outfox the examiner with clever answers, yes or no answers, or non-answers. Some clients believe opposing lawyers and trust them when the opposing lawyer says, I'm just here to find out what happened. If at the time the deposition starts, my client believes an opposing lawyer who says, I'm just here to find out what happened, I've failed my client. If my clients aren't on high alert for misstatements of fact or law by the examining lawyer, aren't on high alert for documents that are incomplete, altered, or even fraudulent, I've failed them. And if my clients don't fully understand how that transcript is going to be used against them, by the opposing lawyer, by a judge, or by a jury. And if they don't fully understand that they may never have a second chance to testify, I've failed them. But if you take steps to bulletproof your clients, you'll avoid these pitfalls 
And that's where this core essential series comes in. It's about a thorough, methodical, systematic approach to creating invincible witnesses. It's not difficult and it's not time consuming, but you've got to do it to win. If my clients start their depositions believing that they can simply answer yes or no, I've not properly prepared them. The same with trite expressions like just tell the truth or pay attention or watch out for trick questions. Those kinds of platitudes offer clients no lifeline. Of course they should pay attention. Of course they should watch out for trick questions, whatever those are, if you haven't explained them. Of course they should tell the truth. But if that's all I'm telling my clients, I really haven't told them anything, have I? As for lawyers who tell their clients to just answer yes or no, it's hard to tell who's been to fewer depositions, the lawyer or their client. Your client is going to sit for hours on end in most civil depositions if your client is one of the parties. They're going to answer many different types of questions, review and testify about many types of documents, and have to defend and explain their answers. They're also going to have to fend off aggressive declarative statements, not to mention a barrage of potential taunts, innuendo, and hints, if not outright, accusations of misconduct or incompetence. So a deposition, in my view, is a complex and lengthy intellectual sword fight. And if your client's blade has been sharpened, there'll be no question as to who comes out the victor. My approach for bulletproofing my clients after having taken or defended more than 20,000 depositions has three basic elements for what I call best-in-class preparation. Number one, I explain the process start to finish. I explain what a deposition is, how it's used, case evaluation, summary judgment, impeachment. I explain who reads it, who will be present, what their roles are, where everyone sits. Number two, I offer numerous examples of tricks and traps. I give my clients anecdotes, examples from actual depositions I've been involved in. That includes tricks to lower their guard, misstatements about the case, misstatements about the fact, misstatements about what other witnesses have purportedly said or will say, and the many forms of misleading questions. And third, I always conduct one and sometimes two thorough mock cross-examinations, and I stay in character as the opposing lawyer. I also insist that my client stay in character as the deponent. No taking breaks to say, oh, how should I answer that one? For the prep session, at least the initial prep session, we're going to stay in character so that I can keep the pressure on the client. I also use as many tricks and traps as I think the opposing lawyer, who I usually know, will use. I make this mock examination identical to the actual experience. Finally, and once I understand the 10 or 20 or so, plus or minus, case critical questions that can make or break our case, I ask the client that question in a mock examination over and over and over again, slightly varying the questions that I ask each time. The purpose of that is to get them used to recognizing the core question no matter how it's precisely phrased. I can never predict exactly how an opposing lawyer will ask the case critical questions, but I usually know what those questions are. So what I want to do is to get my clients to develop a kind of verbal muscle memory, a kind of fluidity. Again, because I don't know exactly how the questions are going to come out. So I want my clients to recognize the core essence of those critical questions. And no matter how they're precisely phrased at the time of deposition, the client will likely have either 
heard that question before exactly as I phrased it or something very similar so they can adapt and overcome the tough questions. So what's the real goal here? The goal is to expose your client to the approach he or she will face in the actual deposition. That includes the introductory instructions that an opposing lawyer normally gives, the background questions, and the documents. As a rule of thumb, if you have any level of experience in your practice area, it's not hard, generally, to figure out most or all of the questions likely to be asked so that you can pose them to your client in the mock deposition session. In other words, the goal here is to make sure that the training mirrors the battle. In prep sessions, I use the style of the opposing lawyer. If the opposing lawyer is aggressive, I'm aggressive. If the opposing lawyer is soft-spoken, I use that approach. If the opposing lawyer is known to start off with a soft-spoken approach, but is known to become more aggressive when it's clear that my client isn't giving them the answers they want, I use that mixed approach. If the opposing lawyer is known to put words in witnesses' mouths, I rely heavily on leading questions in my prep session and on unfavorable declarative statements that I demand my client admit. If the opposing lawyer, unfortunately, is one of those types that tends to smirk or interrupt or pretend to be shocked, absolutely shocked at what the client is saying, or in disbelief, I will do some of the same. Your clients will do best when they are exposed to the exact experience they're about to face. And obviously, I tell them about that in advance. I let them know that the practice session, depending on who the opposing lawyer is, is likely to be rough and tumble. I tell them, don't take offense, don't dislike me, but a powder puff prep session will doom them when the real thing comes around. Clients tend to do their best when they are exposed to that exact experience that's coming up. And just as many opposing lawyers tend to do, I will repeat the questions, the same critical questions throughout the deposition, rewording them each time to see if the client has absorbed the concepts or gets confused if I merely ask the same things a slightly different way. You know, most clients can answer a softball question in a solid way, but not so much uh, sometimes if I rephrase the exact same question and the clients get that deer in the headlights look because they haven't yet developed a fluidity in addressing the core concepts. Sometimes I'll also rush them to answer questions, interrupt them, push documents in front of them, or pull them back quickly. I may suggest or imply that the testimony has been dishonest and suggest that the claims or the defenses, whatever applies, are a sham. I want to see if I can get my clients to admit they're speculating, especially when it's crystal clear that they aren't. I want to see if I can get them to agree they have no idea whatsoever whether their views have any basis in fact, especially when they clearly do. I may sometimes use documents that have little or nothing to do with the case to see if the client is even paying attention. I may also ask them if they're willing to change their minds based on what other witnesses have said. I may make up what I call mystery meat testimony to see if the client bites or knows how to respond to supposed testimony that no one has given or will ever give. What I want to do and what you must do is develop the client's range. And by range, I mean the limits within which they can operate in their deposition. I want them to be able to easily adapt to anything thrown at them, no matter how it's phrased. What we want to do, you and me, is make our witnesses, our clients stronger than they need to be so that when the deposition starts, your client is ready to fight. 
There should be nothing asked that they can't answer. Lawyers who interrupt your client or mine should find a client who tells the lawyer to stop interrupting them or who keeps talking over the lawyer until the client has finished their answer. Lawyers who are disrespectful should hear back from your client on that. Lawyers who attempt to rush my clients through documents will be shut down by my client. That's how to prepare your client and that's how to win cases through depositions. All right, that's it for today. In the next installment, installment number four in this series, I will begin covering the actual points to make with your client in the deposition prep session. It may take us several more episodes to cover them all. There are about 40 specific points to make during the prep session. So we'll start from the moment that your client comes in for the prep session in the next episode. Now the points I'm going to make will cover virtually any civil case for purposes of configuring our guidance for our hypothetical client in this series though, we're going to assume that our client is moderately sophisticated and has no or limited experience in the legal system or in depositions. Obviously, if your client is very sophisticated and has been through dozens or hundreds of depositions, the prep session will look a little different. And of course, at the other end of the stick, if your client is completely unsophisticated or has little or no formal education, then the prep session is also going to look different for other reasons. You have to spend whatever time it takes to get it right. All right, that's it for today. I look forward to beginning the first of the 40 topics in the next episode. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.